Hello and welcome, I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are Knee Deep in Tech. This is episode 47, recorded on the 7th of September 2018. And as you can hear on Alexander, it's Friday. It is indeed Friday and it is so fun to say something that Simon did not expect, so kind of uh, throwing off his intro. Yeah. But we are here now. Yeah, and what a week it has been. <laughs> what a week indeed. If you had been bored this week, it is your own fault. Or that you couldn't get into Azure. That is a very good point because Azure broke down. Or we, we should say parts of Azure broke down. Yeah. 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 If, yeah. So the... the um, so what happened? What happened? The, the whole issue stemmed from South... US, the South US uh, data center. And it turned out that due to weather, I think it was a storm and a lightning strike, the cooling systems shut down. Yep. Thus, the uh, data center got too warm and, well, they failed over to somewhere else. Yeah, that was supposed to happen. Yeah. But a lot of stuff shut down hard. And this affected the um, primarily the Azure AD login stuff which means that it also affected office 365 which is not on azure nope. but it uses aad for logins yep so and then as i saw on, on twitter what what we saw is basically just the tip of the iceberg yeah they've scrambled to isolate the fault fix the fault and which they did took a couple of hours but they came back online but now we're going to see several months of root cause analysis and why did this happen? Who did this? Uh, who did what? When? What can we do to avoid this in the future? So while it was a bit of a mess during the outage, it will also mean that we will have a more resilient Azure cloud going forward. Yeah. Um, and it was out for a fair amount of hours. It was, I think it was, it was, uh, it started at 929 UTC, I think. And then it was several hours. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and as you say, as, as it were, Azure AD that was down. Mm -hmm. So many other parts of Azure and external systems were down as well. Yep. Um, looking at our our employer's blog that's azure ad authentication yep um so it affected pretty much everyone and anyone uh, i tried to log in to our online labs which were out yep so and it's kind of scary though that one data center goes down yep this is not supposed to happen because nope. aad should be much more resilient than this yep so someone learned something new. And again, I think that is a good thing now that we're through the worst of it. Yeah. And I hope they are very transparent in what happened so that everyone can learn from that, even looking at your own data centers. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that they're really transparent with why, what happened, uh, what are they doing to ensure this doesn't happen again? Because as you said, this should have been something that they were prepared for. Yeah, um, the, the statement was that engineers have isolated an issue with cooling in one part of the data center, which caused a localized spike in temperature as the 
preliminary root cause, which has now been mitigated. Automated data center procedures to ensure data and hardware integrity went into effect when the temperatures hit a specific specified threshold and critical hardware entered a structured power down process, i.e. it got too warm. I saw a great meme. Yep. It's getting hot in here, so shut down all your cores. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that was just that's just brilliant, horrible. Um, All right, yeah. So and no one, as we know, lost data. No, we we only were unable to authenticate, which isn't a small issue in itself. But um, no one lose did have any loss of data at least. Ooh, this is interesting. A severe weather event, including lightning strikes, occurred near one of the south central U.S. data centers. This resulted in a power voltage increase that impacted cooling systems. Yep. That's kind of, I would say it's difficult to protect from, but then again, it does happen. It does happen, yeah. Um, kind of reminds me of when we got a new UPS installed at one of my earlier companies. The uh, electrician managed to, um, well, screw everything up. So <laughs> instead of 220 volts, we had 440 volts. That's powerful stuff. It is very powerful. And there were several pops and hisses and the magical <laughs> white smoke, or in some cases, the magical blue smoke left <laughs> many, many of the computers. Yep. Okay, moving on. What do we have more? I can say SQL Server Management Studio 17.9 is out. That must be one of the highest version numbers Microsoft had. I think it is. Must be. Yeah. Yep. So what's the, new? Oh, there's a lot new, but the the main features, show plan improvements. You can see more stuff in the graphical show plan where you see exactly what the optimizer is doing for a specific plan. Yep. Then you have uh, been able to do and and this time it's primarily um, focused on memory. We also has Azure SQL support for the new vCore SKUs. Oh. The the Back in the old days, I mean, a couple of months ago, <laughs> you can only do an Azure SQL Server with a specific set of DTUs, yep. the uh, basically the horsepower. But these days, you can get an Azure SQL Server with a specific set of vCores. That's something they introduced when they came up with the insta uh, managed instance. So is that only for managed instance? No. No, it is oh, not. Okay, so how do you still have DTUs for memory and so on? The the other parts of the, the the performance. No, no. There are two different ways of um, licensing Azure SQL Server. Yep. Because either you go with the DTU, which is more for the general purpose, because it's all connected. Yep. Or you go with the vCore SQs where you can set a specific amount of memory and cores. Yeah, so you can set memory separate can, from you it. Can. So if you need a bunch yes. of CPUs and less memory, yes. you're able to do that. And yeah. the other way around. Yep. Yeah, because that's one of the main driving forces for the vCore SKUs. Yeah, because with the DTUs, you may get a huge amount of CPUs and a huge amount of RAM that you don't use. Correct. Depending on the workload. Correct. Yep. Very much so. And we... I could talk for days. There's quite a few bug fixes and so on and so forth. And this is a very important point. Too few people realize that the Management Studio is a part of SQL Server. Well, it is not a part of SQL Server 
the product per se. It used to be, it is not anymore, it is a, a, a standalone product, but it needs to be updated yep. just like any other piece of software. And I've come across a very nicely patched SQL Server so many times, but they have completely forgotten to patch SSMS. Yep. And it, it is shock full of bugs, yep. just like any other piece of software. And, so that's, and that's something the Config Manager team is doing very well now. Okay. You get a prompt. As soon yes. as you update Config Manager, every, every single console, whatever it is, get a prompt update. It is the same thing as soon as they push out a new SSMS version. Yeah. You're going to see a new, oh, and by the way, there is a new SSMS version out there. Would you like to download it? Yeah. Does this release hint of anything we might see uh, at Ignite for new features? I don't know. Actually, I have not gone as deep as I would like because this came out yesterday. Yep. I'm, I'm kind of slightly behind the eighth ball, but it is because of a good reason because I've, I've had an idea. We, <laughs> oh, yeah, no. We, we both again. know how, how dangerous that is. And I'll get back to that idea in a future episode. <laughs> uh, let's just say that it deals with Data Lake. That's one of the worst cliffhangers ever. I know, right? And we want to talk about something yep. in an upcoming episode. And that something is related to Data Lake. Yeah. Moving on. Looking forward to dipping my toes in that. Moving on. <laughs> the next thing we'll talk about... Mm-hmm could possibly be one of the worst rants ever. Really? Yeah. Who Signed by who? Signed by myself. Oh! And Jared Spataro, Corporate Vice President for Office and Windows Marketing. Um, should we perhaps give our listeners the opportunity to grab some popcorn? Yeah. So if, if you'd like, you can pause now, go grab some popcorn, because this is going to be epic. Oh, I thought we were supposed to include a three-minute break for popcorn. No, that's the thing with technology. Cool. There is something called a pause button. So take it away, Simon. I have a small challenge when it comes to timing. Really? Remember when we were at the Nordic Infrastructure Conference? Yeah. Earlier this year. Mm -hmm. We have just recorded our podcast. Mm-hmm. I think and Microsoft heard about that. Yeah. A minute after we were done. Yep. They released... Literally a minute. Yeah. They released uh, changes to the Windows servicing, uh, Windows servicing and the support uh, connected to that for specific Windows 10 versions. Mm -hmm. I My entire session at the Nordic Infrastructure Conference were on Windows as a service. Yeah. So I had a busy night... Yeah, they basically invalidated all of the things you were going to say. Yeah. You were very happy that morning. No. No. But it it, it became a very good session. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it's like when I mix joy with anger, that's <laughs> the best kind of sessions. <laughs> I had a similar feeling yesterday evening. Uh -huh. Because Microsoft's, like I said, Jared Spataro released a blog post helping customers shift to a modern desktop. Doesn't sound too exciting. But it, wait, there's it, more. Yeah, it includes three news items. Uh-huh. First of all, something really great that I've been expecting and waiting for a couple of months now. 
desktop analytics. Right. Uh, so currently I have a session on Windows Analytics and use that in pretty much any customer um, project I'm involved in. So you need to rebrand that as desktop analytics. Yes, but they will also have a tighter integration between Windows 10 and Office 365 Pro Plus. Oh. So you get all your analytics in one solution. Right. And with the help of buzzwords coming up, machine learning and AI, it will actually enable you to create pilot groups and deployment rings for your servicing of Windows and Office. Okay. Depending on how your estate of machines, applications, and versions of Windows and Office looks like. Right. So that's brilliant. They'll share more information on that during Ignite. And as I'm presenting uh, that specific topic just after Ignite, it will be... uh, an updated session at Tech Days. Right. And when did you expect to find time to change your session? Uh, yeah. Simon's yeah. not going to be sleeping anymore this nope. year. Nope. I'm not. So the second one, and this is an actually quite interesting. They are announcing something called Desktop App Azure. And Azure with two S, not a Z. Okay. Um. That's a new service from the Microsoft Fast Track team, which is designed to address issues with Windows 10 and Office 365 Pro Plus app compatibility. Right. So even though Windows 10 is the most compatible Windows operating system ever, mm-hmm. um, and most of your applications will work moving from Windows 7 to Windows 10 and also between Windows versions, there are some apps and plugins and so on for Office that won't work. Mm-hmm. So with this new service, you're able to contact FastTrack and a Microsoft engineer will help you to work out the compatibility issue. So right. basically, they'll help you make the app compatible if it's possible without changing the code as is. Mm-hmm. Um, and the great thing about this is this service will be free for Windows 10 Enterprise and Windows 10 Education customers. Really? Yep. And that's great, as I see it. So the value of going with Windows 10 Enterprise or Education is increasing rapidly. And we'll move into more of the reasons soon. Both the the value and the perceived risk is going down. Yeah. The value is going up, the perceived risk is going down. Definitely. Cool. Uh, They'll share more of this during Ignite again. But they will actually start the preview of this service in North America October 1st. Wow, that's So the week after Ignite, Monday after Ignite. Yep. They'll be starting the service and with worldwide availability in February 1st, 2019. So they're moving fast. Definitely. So all good so far. Uh Uh-huh. And I, it could be me, but when they leave the actual elephant in the blog post to last, Uh and with the extremely inspiring headline of servicing and support flexibility. Danger with Robinson, danger. Couldn't have said it better. Is this where the rant begins? Yes. Ah. I don't even know where to start. I'll, I'll just take the changes. So. They are announcing four changes 
on how Windows servicing will work for enterprise and education customers. Right. First of all, in February, they introduced the 18 months of support for all Windows versions. Okay. And they also extended the older versions a bit. Mm -hmm. Yesterday, they announced that all currently supported feature updates for of Windows 10 Enterprise and Education, and that's 1607, 1703, 1709, and 1803, will be supported for 30 months from their original release date. Okay. So they're extending everything with one more year. Right. Which for, and I have a large amount of customers still on 1607, will be a great aid for them. Mm -hmm. But as always, as I'm a very negative person, I'll be going back to why this isn't necessarily all good. Right. But they get more support. Mm -hmm. All future feature updates of Windows 10 Enterprise and Education that are released in September or targeted for September, starting with the next version, which, which is 1809, will be supported for 30 months. Mm -hmm. All future feature updates of Windows 10 and present education again, which are targeted for release in March, so the next version, 1903, right. will be supported for 18 months independent of which SKU of Windows you use. Okay, so they're, they're going for the uh, TikTok. Yeah. So one release scheme. will have 30 months if you're on Education and Enterprise. Uh -huh. The other one will have 18 months. Uh, and if you're on Pro, Home, and this also include Office 365 Pro Plus, you have 18 months of support for every release. Right. Um, and the reason for this, and now I quote from the blog post, mm -hmm. This maintains the semi-annual update cadence as our North Star and retains the option for customers that want to update twice a year. There is something implied in there. Retains the option of upgrade twice a year. Yep. They are actually slowing down the release cadence. They are. Yep. And for Pro, Home, and Office 365 Pro Plus, uh, nothing changes. The good thing about this is that you're getting more options. You, your organization is getting another option um, to go with only the September release, to go with both releases, to choose, depending on the features, including one, one of each. Um, it will be interesting to see if they do any other kinds of changes to these. So they have, there has been talk about that one of the releases should be more feature-heavy, than the other one. This could be one of those things. And I saw on uh, Twitter yesterday that someone asked Michael Niehaus on if there are any changes to the long-term servicing channel, mm -hmm. which there isn't. So that's still 10 years. Okay, yeah. They also introduced three other news in this part of the blog post. Okay. Uh, if you're on Windows 7, you'll be able to buy extended security updates for three more years after the end of support. So the end of support is 14, January 14, 2020 for Windows 7 of extended support. Uh, and now you're able to buy extended security updates throughout January 2023. It will be sold on a per device basis and the price will increase each year. So the longer you're on Windows 7 and want security updates, the more expensive it will be. 
reasonable. Uh, it will be available for anyone with Windows 7 professional or enterprise with volume licensing. That's important. Yep. We actually have or had uh, they now on volume licensing, but we had a large organization like 8,000 seats running Windows without volume licensing. Say what now? Yeah, I, I can't explain how they did it, but they did. Wow. Um, so, and you will get discounts if you have enterprise education or Windows 10 enterprise education licenses. Um, also, because of this, Office 365 Pro Plus will also be supported during the life cycle of your extended support security update agreement. So you will be able to run if you buy the extended support uh, Office 365 Pro Plus on Windows 7 until January 2023. They've also enabling you to run Office 365 Pro Plus longer on Windows 8.1 and Windows Server 2016. For 8.1, it's again January 2023 and uh, Server 2016 until October 2025. So they are really slowing it down. And the last part, which we I believe we have discussed in a previous episode, Microsoft stated a while ago that Office 2016 in January, no, sorry, October 2020, should be unable to connect to uh, Office 365 services. Yeah. That's also changed now. So you will be able to run Office 2016 and connect to Office 365 services until October 2023. Dude, that's some serious changes. And yeah. what happened to the um, the whole point of getting rid of Windows 7? That's so the good things about this is that customers get more time. Yeah, but th there are two sides of that coin. Yeah, because this is something customers have asked for. If we would only get a bit more time, if we would get a bit more time to do servicing, we would be able to do it. Okay, then now then it's time to step up. I was just about to say that. And this could enable customers to get modern. But I'm afraid, and I really hope that I'm wrong in this, that we, when we reach January 2022, that we'll be stuck in the exact same discussion as we are today. Yep, and then the the um, the step upwards is going to be greater. Yeah. So take this opportunity to get modern. I, I would encourage anyone that have started their modernization of their applications and, and Windows platform yep. to keep on track. Yep. Because it will enable you to do a lot of things that you can't do with your legacy applications. Um, and it will be a better user experience. It will be a more secure platform. But again, this changes quite a lot. Um, and on the flip side, you get new opportunities and the thing I value in this is that there are some parts like um, universities, education establishments especially, but also organizations that are um, season-based. Mm -hmm. So organizations that work primarily during the summer, for example, or mm -hmm. winter, that have had uh, fairly large challenges with the release dates. Oh, right, right. Uh, especially universities. I've been in contact with a few of them and, and they have had challenges in keeping up due to how the semesters are looking. Yep, yep. 
Uh, so for them, this is great. Uh, but be careful in the choices you make. Keep on track with your strategy and get modern. And don't fall into the trap of, of saying that, no. okay, this is not going to be an issue for another couple of years. No. Because the issue is going to be here. It is it is just biting its time. Yeah. And biting your ass. Yeah. And the last thing before I let you back into this podcast. Oh, hello. Uh, it's good that they're offering extended security updates for Windows 7. But I had customers on XP buying the same kind of agreements. And it's expensive. This is nothing you enter in with your entire organization, I would say. So for specific, specific systems that you, for one reason or another, cannot get exactly. rid of quickly. Then, then this is great, but it will be a very expensive way to keep your entire Windows 7 estate. Okay. So welcome back. Welcome. To, thank you very much. Well, um, I won't go on quite a rant. I will not go on... I'm, I'm going to stay pretty happy, actually. Oh. Which is kind of surprising. You're the happy one. I know. I oh. went south the other day. Well, I can always talk about my experiences going on a train. <laughs> uh, but, That's yeah. a very good way to test how resilient your communication, your, your public transport is. Put Alexander on one of them. I know. Independent of it's being a bus, a train, a horse-drawn carriage, a plane, a boat, you're always freaking late. Yeah. It, 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 if someone could control things so I would be late if I was walking, it would happen. <laughs> yep. it, it would be happening. No. So I, I went uh, to a, uh, I should say, a fairly small municipality in the uh, southern part of Sweden. Yep. And the meeting was primarily about... BI in general, and what can Power BI do for this municipality? And it turns out that the um, the uh, CIO was there, the yep. uh, CFO was there, one of the managers for the um, um, the schools in the area was yep. there, and we had a very very interesting discussion about what is data, what is quality of data, how does quality and quantity have anything to do with each each other it turns out that a few of them were actual real live statisticians yep they were very very happy when i told the rest of them that it's just because you have a lot of data does not mean that it's a relevant data or b qualitative data yep and to make a long story short they were very impressed with power bi as a tool and the whole notion and idea of Shortening the time to create relevant reports was very um, exciting to them. Yep. So it has it, the whole thing had started by the CIO telling us that, yeah, we, we want to see Power BI in action. We want to know what we can do with it. So we whipped up a, um, a short demo using, uh, I spoke about that last time, Colada, yep. the, the uh, municipality and um, the, the um, county board database. Yep. And we took some of that data, put some data from um, Statistics Sweden inside of it, and yeah, pretty much everything we could find just to show new insights with what is, in essence, their own data. Yeah. So they, they were very happy, and I think it is just a 
matter of, of time before they're going to come back and say, okay, we want we wanted to do a pilot on this. Yep. And what always happens is the, the, the realization that, oh, we can do so much if we only had this piece of data. Yep. And then the discussion tr quickly turns to how do we get this piece of data and how do we make sure that this piece of data has the, the quality that we need and suddenly we are not talking about a specific piece of software anymore. We are talking procedures. We are talking ideas, yep. which is so rewarding. So that was great fun. Yep. Wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I would like to say on that bombshell, <laughs> I am a happy camper. You're well, happy. Uh, we, we can put it this way. The whole train ride south was one hour, 40 minutes. Yep. And I was 30 minutes late. Yep. And then I was going home and I specifically requested a quiet carriage. Yeah. But a quiet carriage in this instance meant one of the doors could not be closed. So the noise from between the carriages came in very, very loudly. And there is banging noises, rattling, squeaking, the whole nine yards. It, it feels like driving or sitting in an old... Um, Model T Ford from the <laughs> the early in nineteen uh, 20th century. Yeah, and since you were you were born during the time of the T Ford, you will know. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back next week. <laughs> Bye. Bye.